Why did the system work? The answer provided here is analytically eclectic. There is no doubt that globalization transformed an array of sectoral interests to favor sustained economic openness. The development of the global supply chain enlarged the number of factors and actors that would lobby for an open global economy, even during hard times. That said, an interest-based answer is insufficient to explain what happened after 2008. There are too many examples of powerful actors making concessions that hurt concentrated interests for this logic to be completely persuasive. The history of the Basel III negotiations shows that even the systemically important financial institutions, presumably the most powerful interest group in the world, failed to get their way. Indeed, it is in the financial realm, where sectoral interests have been at their most concentrated, that the greatest limits have been placed on pre-2008 openness. The absence of concentrated interest group opposition was a permissive condition for the system working, but an open economy politics story cannot explain much more than that. A closer look at the post-2008 distribution of power and ideas reveals a more surprising two-part explanation for why the system worked. First, the United States was still able to exercise effective leadership. Contrary to public perceptions, the United States remained the most powerful actor in the world. On a host of issues, such as anti-piracy and financial regulation, the United States continued to wield the preponderance of power. In other issue areas, the United States was still first among equals, and therefore able to signal its preference that the status quo be preserved. While the global financial crisis did not fundamentally alter the power of the United States, it did fundamentally weaken its traditional supporters in Europe and Japan. The European Union was still powerful enough to act as a significant supporter, but Japan fell from the first tier of great powers. Furthermore, the crisis enabled China to ascend to that top tier. This leads to the second, even more surprising part of the explanation. Despite concerns that it would be a revisionist actor as it acquired more power, China largely supported the rules of global economic governance that had enabled the country to rise so quickly. China contributed to global anti-piracy operations. China complied with its WTO obligations. Indeed, its track record was superior to that of any other advanced industrialized country on that front. Beginning in 2010, China allowed its currency to appreciate slowly against the dollar and its major trading partners, permitting macroeconomic imbalances to subside. China contributed significant resources to bolster the IMF's reserves.